Y'all ready for this? So there's been some questions about where I'm born. I'm born in Boston. And then I spent some of my childhood in Boston, some of my childhood in Spain. My family, my brother, my parents, my nephew, everybody is over there in Spain. Now I'm here. And so there was like a lot of back and forth my entire life. And I'm really lucky that I grew up speaking two languages. And I'm trying to raise my kids so that they speak two languages too. Um, and that's something that's very important for me, especially having my family abroad. Um, so that was one thing I think people ask sometimes about how I speak. I am that person that if I've been speaking a lot of Spanish, I, you know, tend to mix them. And if I'm speaking more English, I speak a lot of English, then I mix that. It's one of those things that's always been a little bit, I've been a little insecure about over different times. And, you know, when I try to work, I try to enunciate a little bit more. But if I get nervous or upset or something, then I start to, to mix the two. I'll get over you. I know I will. I'll pretend my ship's not second. And I'll tell myself I'm over you. Cause I'm the That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. No, you can't play with my yo-yo. Don't try to play me out. In the Ellington conception, it isn't the instrument that's being played that makes the difference, but the man who plays it. The leader of our next group has found himself in the same situation which Mr. Ellington has known, that of establishing a very distinctive, original, personal sound, and then hearing it come, coming back from all his admirers and being forced to extend his own creative boundaries once again to find something that is again distinctively his own. We have tomatoes, we have um, a, how do you say anything? Cucumber? Cucumbers. Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position and race to the bottom is on the air. Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm. Or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar. Or a lemon wedge. Or oh natural. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow Tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer. Because that's how you know it's Winslow.
I'm John Reed. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is Race to the Bottom. Right? (laughs) Oh, man. What a fun time to be an American. How about that mashup? (laughs) This is a weird and hard one to do. This show... So, we heard the story to end the year. No, not another perfect phone call. Not a terrorist attack in Nashville that everybody forgot about because it was a white dude and the precursor to what happened this week. I can't talk about it. I don't... Two reasons I can't talk about it. One is because, as you might know, peel back the curtain I can't do this show live and I don't know what's going to happen in the next hour if not the next day and so I don't think that this show can be a productive place for politics right now Uh, more on that in a little while no but the big the big story man you know, Hilaria Baldwin is thanking these <laughs> these um, people who stormed the Capitol. Thank you, thank you for getting my name out of the out of the press and out of Twitter. Hilaria Baldwin, uh, married to the lovely and um, just wonderful Alec Baldwin has been pretending that she is uh, Hispanic for the past 10 years and she got found out hold on Mm. that's good Winslow T people love the slurp and um, it's Winslow T is so great. It's even good during a failed coup attempt. Um, thank you, as always, to Winslow T for sponsoring this and every race to the bottom monologue. Please hashtag your tea drinking experiences with hashtag how you know and hashtag slurp to enhance. And some people are there's like counter movement hashtag stop the slurp, but those people are wrong. <laughs> uh, after we heard from Hilaria Baldwin We had like a super 90s hip hop mashup I don't know why, but I got all these I, I, I maybe know why We went, the wife and I, to Connecticut for a few days And we, had a, we rented a car And you know they have this Sirius XM thing if you're ever in a car with Sirius XM, I recommend, and this is not a paid advertisement, but I recommend the, the station Sirius XM Fly. It's like fly, like people used to say that's so fly, you know, in the 90s and in the 2000s. It's R&B and hip hop from that golden age and um, got me inspired. We heard from Yo-Yo, Don't Play With My Yo-Yo. I guess that was like super early 90s. We heard from Heavy D and the Boys. 
I got nothing but love for you. KRS-One, whoop whoop, that's the sound of the police. Not the Capitol Police, no. The sound of the Capitol Police is that click of your cell phone when you take a selfie with um, a neo-Nazi. We heard from y'all ready, y'all ready for this? From, that's a Space Jam soundtrack. Sometimes I would say y'all ready for this and I couldn't remember what it was from, but it's from the Space Jam soundtrack. Shout out to Space Jam and that, who was it? Like an alien played basketball? I'm, I'm in a level with you. I've never seen Space Jam. And um, it's not hip hop, but it's good. And maybe this was late 80s. King of Wishful Thinking by Go West from the <laughs> Pretty Woman soundtrack. So good. I don't know why I got that song in my head, but it felt like it deserved to be in the mashup. So yeah, super 90s. Except uh, for a final clip from this dude, Willis Conover. And uh, I was re-listening to Wind of Change because my wife hadn't heard it. The podcast about how supposedly the Scorpion song, Wind of Change, was written by the CIA. And they do this to kind of do some background about how the CIA was involved in kind of cultural productions to support the American side of the Cold War. They they tell this story about how they approached Louis Armstrong to go and travel through African countries that were kind of on the brink of maybe going communist. And at first he wouldn't do it. He said, why would I do something like that? This tr- country has treated me like garbage. They finally wore him down and he went and man, it's the story of him going to the Congo and they call it the concert that stopped a war, but it was just for a day. And then the CIA uh, overthrew them. It was a coup. It was a successful coup. Maybe people like this uh, coup because that we're going through now because it's not CIA-led. It's more indie. Indiegogo. But anyway, this guy Wallace Conover was featured in this thing because I guess that there was an article, like an op-ed in the New York Times in like the late 50s, early 60s, I think, that Louis Armstrong and jazz might be our secret weapon in the Cold War because people kind of thought of the United States as still kind of a cultural backwater at that time. And they felt like jazz would be a way to kind of convince the world that we had culture. And one of the big kind of proponents of this was this guy, Willis Conover. And he did a show on the Voice of America. And I'm fascinated by this guy. I remember his voice because he uh, would do the announcements at the Newport Jazz Festival. And I had these Thelonious Monk and Miles Davis CDs where he would introduce the band. And he's got this great sonorous voice. But he had a show on the Voice of America radio show that was broadcast all over the world. And I think he might have been a CIA dude. I'm getting deep into this, but who who knows. But he talks about in this clip about Miles Davis. He has the thing of developing a new sound and having it then echoed back by all your admirers. And that's how I feel. With <laughs> Race to the Bottom. Got all these copycats trying to drink Winslow. No, please copy me on, on the slurp, though. But 
I don't know. I don't know if people are going to be copying me anymore because we've gone dark, right? Not promoting the show. You telling any? Have you told anybody about this show, dear listener? Tell tell somebody you think might be in this our secret club. We've gone dark, special dark, right? You remember when you'd get the grab bag of the Hershey's like minis mixed, and the special dark seemed so disgusting, and now like. Dark chocolate, 80% cacaos, all the rage. I've been eating it. But back then, no way, man. Give me the crunch, right? Those little rice crispy things in it. But I did reach out to some people by email newsletter. How, How about that? Hopefully some of the people I contacted might even be listening. Wrote to like 80 people. Got some good responses back. And I've got some stuff in the works that I'm going to do. Some kind of bigger projects. Kind of inspired by Wind of Change and Dead Eyes. Going to kind of do more. The closest that I'll kind of get to journalism. I'm going to do something about how the internet has changed us. I'm going to talk to a lot of people. And cobble it together. So look forward to that. And look forward to another great uh, year. I know we are really excited to turn the page, <laughs> and it's looking great. Actually, I mean, in all seriousness, shout out to Georgia. We got the Senate, baby. Hey, in the background. We're listening to El Cable, and this is by request from my friend Evan Martin. This is good. Let's listen to a second of this. Yes, El Cable by Los Aragon. Energetic stuff. So I know like it feels like a million years ago, but I was watching the New Year's New Year's Eve celebration on CNN with Anderson Cooper and who's that guy? Craig Kilborn? Andy Cohen. That's who it is. And, um, you know, this, this streets of this fair city kind of eerily empty. And it was, it was weird. I, I kind of enjoyed, I don't usually love, uh, Anderson Cooper, but there's something kind of fitting and weird about marking it by watching the countdown on good old CNN. It reminded me of in... I guess it was New Year's from, it was 2000 becoming 2001. Me and my friend Jada Mena, we went to go see the Buena Vista Social Club. And I think it was at, I think it was at the Beacon Theater. But it was crazy because, you know, Buena Vista Social Club, they were big and fun and they were playing, Ay, la candela, la candela, me quemere. Right? Play a second of that. Candela, 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 
but then they stop. They, you know, you think you're you're going to hang out with these fun old Cubans for New Year's. Back to my Cuban fixation on this show, but then they're like, "All right, buenas noches," and it's like. 11.35 So what do We gotta figure out What we're gonna do For the Countdown I thought Compay Segundo Was gonna help us Count it down So we went Back out onto the The streets And we were like Um We kinda walked Towards um Times Square I mean you couldn't Get very close But Just get a little Taste of that thing that was wild. It was one of the nights on Broadway. Here's one Bee Gees track that I didn't get to play in my onslaught last time. This is the jam. Bee Gees, Nights on Broadway. More in a moment. show so yeah we we were uh, in connecticut which um reminded me of my most depressed time in my life i lived in connecticut in like 2006 i had gone out on rock and roll tour 
with the aforementioned Jada Mena as part of his band as a keyboardist and kind of like the band leader. And um, but I I left the tour. They they went back out on the road, and I said, you know what? I got to work on my record. I was recording a record with a small label, Exotic Recordings, and my producer could work with me every other weekend. And I'd been living in the city in Greenpoint in this loft with like five or six other people with just canvas, like these rolls of canvas kind of demarcating our room. So it was insane. And when I decided I was going to get off the road, I was t- it was too daunting to try to think of moving back to New York City. I wasn't up for it. So I decided I'm going to look for my my record label and the producer. They they were in um, Bridgeport, Connecticut. And Bridgeport was kind of depressing, but I was like, maybe I'll live near the studio so I can just go there whenever my producer has some free time. And every other weekend, which I got the whole time. I was privileged. So I ended up deciding to live in New Haven, Connecticut. And I found this room share on Craigslist with this beatboxer, this dude named Semi Rock. He was a human beatboxer. And he was good at it. And he was also a... Uh, he was a graffiti artist and a magician. This guy was interesting. He's a good dude. He had two mangy cats. And um, the house was right by this main road in New Haven. The sound of the traffic would barrel by at day and night. I had my. It was kind of. I was there during the winter, I guess. And I had my. I got this noisy fan that I would keep on at all times pointed towards the wall to drown out the sound of traffic. And I worked at... <laughs> I, I got a job delivering chicken wings at this place, Swings, and delivered chicken wings to the people at Yale. Got to know the city pretty well, driving around all the time. And it was the most depressed I'd ever been, man. I should have just bit the bullet and moved back to the New York City. What was I doing in Yale? More about Yale and moving back to New York City in a little bit. I'll tie that one up. You know, but a few days ago, we were back in Connecticut. Hiking, cooking, driving around, listening to Fly XM. And one of the jams was what's playing in the background. This one from Eve and Gwen Stefani, produced by Dr. Dre. I'm going to take my time. Instro. But yeah, we watched the brought in the new year with uh, some nice champagne and CNN. <laughs> but we, you know, we came back from Connecticut and got ready to get back to teaching. And I got the uh, Sunday scaries. You know, it's so funny. I always had the Sunday scaries through my whole life. Sunday evening, Sunday night, you get that dread. When I was a little kid and it was Sunday, time to go back to school the next day. 
And it was so nice that now that's a thing that people say the Sunday scaries, because I thought I was just crazy. But people get it. You have trouble sleeping, your brain is overactive, and you just need some calm. Speaking of calm, in the background we're hearing Andrew Bird from his... It's a holiday record, Hark, but this, this song isn't specifically holiday feel. It's just called Glad. Let's do a moment of this. like to play when I'm can't sleep and I'm just trying to slow down my brain. It's like the unlived lives game or like the advice game. If I, I say like if I could go back and tell little Johnny give him some advice at some crucial point when when would I go? What are those uh, crucial moments when to advocate for yourself fight demand a therapist and um, I guess part of why I was thinking about it is because we were finishing up the the great My Brilliant Friend um, we finished up both seasons on HBO based on the Elena Ferrante book you know it's this relationship between these two girls Leela and Elena that's at the heart of the story and Leela's like kind of wild and does whatever her heart desires, consequences be damned. And then Elena's like the watcher who kind of can't advocate for herself in a lot of ways. That's a little bit simplistic, but I just think about like times in my life where for some reason you like back down. Like what if I was uh, just a bit more persistent like going to camp went to this sleepaway camp for like a month it's like a sailing camp and I was so scared of uh, going out on the water for some reason I was such an anxious young boy every time I I went out on a boat I thought I was gonna like die the ship was gonna sink so then you'd like you'd have like the morning or whatever where you went out on the water and then, like, your group would then have the afternoon or vice versa where you were 
doing on land activities. And I remember you just kind of explore things. And some of my friends were into like the rifle shooting, but I like, I went to the archery and I really liked it. Like calm me down, shoot the bow and arrow. I would go to the snakes. I liked petting the snakes. What if I got like really good at archery? (laughs) That's a weird unlived life. But, like, that's a thing at camp. Like, I remember when I was even younger, one of my first musical aspirations was I was at this, like, arts camp. And there was this room filled with harps. And I was so drawn to the harps, I just wanted to play. But for some reason, I, like, wasn't in the class. And they the teacher wouldn't really let me mess around. They thought I was going to, like, go, go ape-s on the harp but what if I was just like you know what I want to I demand to be in this class I'm gonna master the harp get out of my way (laughs) right or like woodworking I always really wanted to I love the smell of the woodworking shop and the sawdust I think something like that would have been good for me something tactile I could like Use that side of my brain. Let's marinate on our unlived lives while we listen to a song from my brilliant friend that I heard. And I was like, oh my man, what is that? It's like Italian rock and roll. This is Mina with the song Nessuno. So then I spent all this time thinking about what are the junctures 
moving back to New York instead of uh, Connecticut, right? All these things. And then I open the New Yorker. Yes, the New Yorker. And one of the recent editions, it's, it's like there's an article by Joshua Rothman called What If You Could Do It All Over? And he's, he's talking just about what I was just thinking about. How amazing is that? But he says in this article, he says, An unled life sounds like one we might wish to lead. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. But while I'm conscious of my unlived lives, I don't wish to have led one. In fact, as the father of a two-year-old, I find the prospect frightening. In Midlife, a philosophical guide, the philosopher Kieran Sitaya points out that thanks to the butterfly effect, even minor alterations to our past would likely have major effects on our presence. If I'd done things just a little bit differently, my son might not exist. Perhaps in a different life, I'd have a different wife and child, but I love these particular people, and I don't want alternative ones. And I I agree with that. I mean, when I play this game, it's like, that is a caveat where I wouldn't change anything, really. But I guess I just tell myself when I'm playing this game that I get to live that life, too, and this life. I don't know. Maybe it's the pandemic. But you just think about these kind of things if you're me. Maybe if you're you, when would you go back to talk to yourself? I'd go back and tell myself to try more in school at multiple junctures. I could have I'm, I could have gone to Yale, just have some failed musician delivering me chicken wings, right? <laughs> I would have told myself to keep playing baseball. When music came along, I felt like I had to be cool. I couldn't keep playing baseball, but I would have said, John, you can do both. Like my dad would say, keep your options open, buddy. But I didn't have the grit or killer instinct to be great in sports. I was an anxious kid, obsessed about death. And I was thinking about, like, the root of a panic attack. I know this is a really fun show, right? But... Bear with me. I think the root of a panic attack is like, you tell yourself it's going to be okay, and then there's a voice that says, no, it's not. Right? It's going to be okay. No, it's not. And the no, it's not is like, you know, the realization of death, or it's like a bad experience with drugs or something, or with the situation now. Right? It's going to be okay. No, it's not. you got Omelette Bar and his minions. COVID. It's going to be okay. No, it's not. Right? And we're just like pushed up against the brink. Too much. Too much, too much. And on that note, let's listen to Manu Chow's song, Too Much, off Proxima Estacion. More in a moment. What <laughs> Too much to 
hypocrisy Can't drop to academy Too much, too much morality So I've been listening to a lot of um, short stories read, like in podcast form. There's this writer, George Sanders. Not the George Sanders who used to call the show. Genius, this guy. But he's got this short story called Love Letter. I couldn't have listened to George Sanders read this short story at a better time this week. And it's basically, it's a grandfather writing a letter to his grandson and it's in some not too distant dystopian America where um, it's basically an authoritative state and they're going after people who dare to go against the like dictatorship and at first you're like this grandfather's super weak but then you get to um, then you get to this part where the grandfather kind of tries to account for his weakness to his grandson. Listen to this. What would you have had me do? What would you have done? I know what you will say. You would have fought. But how? How would you have fought? Would you have called your senator? In those days, you could still at least record your feeble message on a senator's answering machine without reprisal, but you might as well have been singing or whistling or passing wind into it for all the good it did. Well, we did that. We called. We wrote letters. Would you have given money to certain people running for office? We did that as well. Would you have marched? For some reason, there were suddenly no marches. Organized a march? Then and now, I did not and do not know how to arrange a march. I was still working full-time. This dental thing had just begun. That rather occupies the mind. You know where we live. Would you have had me go down to Waterville and harangue the officials there? They were all in agreement with us at that time. Would you have armed yourself? I would not and will not, and I do not believe you would either. I hope not. By that, all is lost. Devastating, right? What do we do? But there's there's always going to be like a trauma that we have to deal with, try to work our way through. I listened to um, WTF with Mark Marin and Mandy Patinkin was on there. He said that this all this uh, trauma and heartbreak we have to deal with. He said it's the bat- he said it's the battlefield of our artistic or spiritual life. It's where we negotiate. Be thankful for all your issues because it's like the bedrock from where you create. Or where you become a good person. I like that. 
WTF has been good recently. Mark Marin also talked to this guy, David Ritz, who's a biographer. He's mostly like a ghostwriter for different artists. And he uh, got his start by writing, kind of ghostwriting <coughs> Ray Charles's autobiography. And he worked with Marvin Gaye. Really good. I recommend it. It's a I guess this, that episode came out on New Year's uh, Eve day, and Mark Marin was talking about the new year. He just said, "Just want a tiny bit of relief, right? Where's this? Where the? Where's the relief? I relate. I don't want. I don't think anything's going to be perfect, but if we could get the slightest modicum of relief, that would be a relief." One way we've been trying to find relief is through the NBA. As I record this, the Knicks are have a miraculously have a winning record, six and four. And we watched while we were in Connecticut, Magic and Bird, this documentary about their rivalry and and then ensuing friendship. And man, it's a good one. And I remember watching the Lakers and the Celtics play. My dad was a Celtics guy and I was a Lakers guy and watching that, so much fun. You know what else is fun and some relief is the Stevie Wonder record, Hotter Than July, which is kind of one that I had slept on. But I'm glad I slept on it because now I get to enjoy it. And um, man, this song, I ain't gonna stand for it. He does this like country voice. This is pre-Lil Nas X. Check this out. This is good stuff. Stevie Wonder, off Hotter Than July. I ain't gonna stand for it.
so as the year turned over, I was looking back on years before, and something that I like to do is a little quality control. I listened back to last year's episode right after the new year, and it leads me to the next segment of the show that I like to call Excusez-moi. I'm going to teach you how to say excuse me in French. That means I am sorry. Excusez-moi. Excuse-moi. Pardon. Pardonnez-moi. Je suis désolé. So on, on the episode I was listening to, I was bragging about how I had just seen Hamilton. My mom bought us tickets and we went in Norfolk and... It was amazing, and I promised that I was going to do an entire episode of Race to the Bottom in rap verse, and I didn't do that, and for that I apologize. Gotta admit when you're wrong, not like uh, Glenn Greenwald. Um, speaking of rap, I wanted to end the show with a tribute to the one and only MF Doom who passed away this past year. I love MF Doom. He's one of my all-time favorite rappers and producers. I thought I'd walk you guys through some of his stuff. If you haven't heard it, maybe get some appreciation. And if you have, we can just celebrate it. Let's start out with Doom's uh, production. I am writing a book, and whenever I write, I have this playlist, and of multiple instrumentals from MF Doom that I write to. And um, I think he kind of pioneered. There's this like movement of like hip hop study mixes that people listen to while they're like doing their algebra or whatever. And I think MF Doom had a big hand in that. And he was killing the soul samples right along there, maybe even earlier than Kanye. Rest in peace. But this first one, the instrumental um, is called Monosodium Glutamate. But the rap version is Rhymes Like Dimes. And um, I've talked recently about how got into the Quincy Jones album, The Dude, and this, this song on The Dude with James Ingram singing 100 Ways. Sounds like this. In your off the night it like this. And we'll we'll look at another sample that he did, but I want to get to some of his rhymes. Doom did a record with the great Mad Lib. Together they were called Mad Villain and the album was Mad Villainy. And here's one of my favorite verses off the 
track Meat Grinder, and when I first heard it, I, the internal rhyme, where like every beat rhymes with itself, it was something that I never heard before, like saying, hey, hey bro, day glow, set the bet, pay dough, before the cheddar getaway, best to get Mako. It's like, what? So let's, let's hear this. Hey bro, day glow, set the bet, pay dough Before the cheddar get away, best to get Mako The worst hated god who perpetrated odd favors Demonstrated in the perforated rod labors In all quad flavors, large savers Still back in the game like Jack LaLanne Think you know the name, don't rack your brain On a fast track to half Zane either in a slow beat or that to speed or at the cane Ladder, pain, throwing songs lit in the booth With the best host doing bong hits on the roof in the west coast He's at it again, mad at the pen Glad that we win a tad fat in a bad hat for men Grind the cinnamon, Manhattan warmongers You can find the villain in satin, gongas The van screeches, the old man preaches about the gold sand beaches The cold hand reaches for the old tan Elises Another of my favorite tracks on Mad Villainy is Raid. They said the villain been spitting enough lightning to rock shock the boogie down to Brighton. All right, then. Check this out. How do hold heat and preach nonviolence? He about stop speech. Come on, silence. On one scary night, I saw the light. Heard a voice that sound like Barry White. Said, sure, you're right. Don't let me find out who tried to bite. They better off going to fly a kite in a firefight during tornado time with no coat than I caught you. Wrote the book on rhymes, a note from the author. With no headshot, he said it's been a while. Got a breadwinner style to get an inner child to finish smile. And that's no exaggeration. The doctor told the patient, it's all in your imagination. Negro. Ah, what do he know about the buttery flow? He need to cut the ego. Tripping to date the metal fellow, been ripping flows since New York plates was ghetto yellow with broke blue writing. This is too exciting. Folks leave out the show feeling truly enlightened. They say the villain been spitting enough lightning. The rock shocked the boogie down the Brighton. Alright then. And then another sample. Again, the instrumental of this one is called All Spice, and the rap version is con carney doom like me was a lover of sade he took the sade classic is it a crime which sounds like this flipped it to sound like this. This song was kind of dedicated to MF Doom's brother early in his career before he became MF Doom. Daniel Dumoulet, his Christian name. He was in a group KMD with his brother and um, they were, things were kind of going well for them, but then his, his brother was trying to cross a freeway, the 878 
Nassau Expressway and was killed. And um, I think it really shattered Dumoulin for a long time. But this song, Concarne, to his brother DJ Subrock, uses um, kind of the lyrics of Is It a Crime as its starting place. Sade sings, my lover is wider than Victoria Lake. My love is taller, taller than the Empire State. And so Doom starts each verse with kind of an interpolation of Sade's lines. And in this one, we're going to hear he starts out by saying, Wilder than the Nile, hold power like the Great Pyramids of Giza, and stay lean and like the Tower of Pisa. Give him something he can feel that's soft to squeeze Raw with the pen on the mic off the Giza. So let's check this out. And he says in this raps stationary like bb king which is hilarious because if you ever got the chance to see bb king play he sat down from the end of his career while he played line always cracks me up wilder than the nile hold power like the great pyramids of giza and stay leaning like the tower of pisa give him something he can feel that softer squeezer roar with the pen and on the mic off the heezer get shot off that wide eye talk if he had a pot, he'd still piss on the sidewalk You can't take the street out the street person Looking for the perfect beat to worsen into heat person They couldn't spot him on a spot date Got the only take that come with a free hot plate Whoever do get to see me sing With the 3D rate sitting stationary like BB King Can see how it really stink It ain't no front row Standing room only at the motocross stunt show The roughest ain't up to snuffle up against Me and Sub is like the Brown Smothers Brothers and as I was going through Doom's catalog and my relationship to it, I kept thinking about this guy, Aiden, that I worked with at Applewood with Chris when I was trying to be a cook, chef. And we would be down in the basement prepping vegetables, and Aiden would always play Mad Villainy. And uh, Aiden ended up taking his own life, which really affected me and in that restaurant we were working at shut down and MF Doom is gone so life is uh, not promised so appreciate it maybe appreciate it by going on a run this show is brought to you by City Running Tours go to cityrunningtours.com slash New York City to schedule your run where you can learn about history of different neighborhoods Sounds fun, right? Thank you, as always, to City Running Tours. If you're listening to the show on your computer, download the app for your iPhone or your Android. Sign up for the newsletter. Drop us some dollars. We need it. If you can, I know I didn't do those as, uh, those are kind of calls to action, but I'm just suggesting, okay? Let's close out the show with MF Doom talking about writer's block. And I will see you guys next week. Peace. Yeah, yo, yeah, a lot of times I find myself, you know, writer's block. You know, I get that all the time. You know, it's part of the process. When that happens, I just tend to just leave it alone and do something else. And, you know, and uh, that's when I'll do something like I'll read or like uh, I get inspiration from a lot of different things, though, like nature, silence, a lot of times. Just, um, you know, playing with my children, you know, things that people probably do every day. Some people might take for granted, uh, you know, little little things. The smallest thing will inspire something, you know what I'm saying? So, 
Yeah, when I when I get stuck, I just go back to normal mode, and then that's where you find things that come to you. You know what I'm saying? You know when to pick up the. Just have a, a pen and a piece of paper handy. Is it'll come to you. You never you never know when it'll come to you. The, the way the creativity works for me, it 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 comes to you like it's an energy stream or something. Like it comes like in waves kind of thing. So you just gotta be ready for the wave when it, when it, when it comes. When it when it subsides and go back, that's when you step back for a second and you know there's no way to really make it happen. You know, you just gotta be ready. You know. Excited. 